Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. David Schwann continued to gallivant all over the United States again. Hi, Margaret. Margaret there? Hi, hello. Margaret left already? Hello, no, I'm here. Margaret's been warned to not <laughs> mess with me. And Dave was very, very nice to, you know, help me out if I needed it. He's the best. He's very popular around here. Well, well let's not go too far. In certain places <laughs> around here, yeah. <laughs> oh, who you were talking to. <laughs> but uh, Mar- Margaret, uh, when did you first start working here? You used to do commercials. Yeah, you can back in the old days when I used to do commercials. Yeah, I think you were my boss initially. Yes, you were. Um, (laughs) I yeah, I started here in um, I think it was two thousand nine. I was going to say it's the twenty first (laughs) century. Yeah, no, I remember it was uh, it was like in the early part of the new millennium, something like that. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, but uh, here you are. Look at you. Look at you doing the news. Yes, I, I've had incredible. I've, I've learned more in uh, six months than I have in six years. Wow! And I, I also do reporting and things like that, yeah. writing, producing. Right. Yeah. So, Andy, can you say that that uh, you have learned more in six months than you have in six years? No, I'm still waiting. <laughs> yeah, I haven't I haven't dusted off the official scorecard yeah. yet, but uh, it reads kind of like the Bears' offense. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, mine. I need Taylor Swift to, to bring mine up. We can anyway. beat them up. From now on on the show, I'm going to tie Taylor Swift into every single thing we do. Hey, it's good for ratings. It's good for ratings. (laughs) No fool. By the way, my jersey sales are up 40%, and I don't even have a jersey. Incredible. I don't even know how that happened. (laughs) Now, I I, I didn't hear the post game with Hamp and OB last week. Uh, Did they talk about Taylor Swift at all? You know, they didn't. Uh, There was a little too much anger as... Guided toward the the team that was wearing yeah, white that, that in that game. That would have lightened it up a little bit. Yeah, we were all kind of getting sick though of the cutaways. We were all kind of like, okay, we know she's at the game. Stop. Well, you were watching because you guys watched the yeah. game uh, together yeah. while you chow down on uh, a feast uh, fit for kings. Correct. Correct. Uh, and uh, so you know they're angry. Obviously, I can't even imagine what they were yeah. saying about the game. Well, you know, there were more cutaways of Taylor Swift than there were Bears first downs. Yeah, thank goodness. That's the only... Yeah. I actually turned it on at home, which I rarely <laughs> do. I was uh, d- doing some other stuff. I thought, I'm going to put the Bears game on. I'm going to get into the, the spirit. I put the Bears yeah. game on. Uh, and I, I think I joined in like maybe uh, an hour into the game. <laughs> I was shocked yeah. when I saw no. what the early score you was. You shouldn't have been shocked. But And then Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift. And a little Travis Kelsey. And then, oh, yeah, the Bears are playing here, too. Yeah. But I thought I thought it made it more uh, enjoyable. I probably would have turned it off much sooner. Yeah. Except we- I fully expected Taylor Swift to suit up and get out on the field. <laughs> she might have helped the Bears. <laughs> Let your actions do your talking. Exactly. Shut your big trap. Exactly. See? <laughs> exactly. I love that. <laughs> I love that OB. Yeah, it was it was an ugly another one of those ugly games. It uh it just didn't look right from the very beginning again and uh, you know, it's been a, it's been a tough uh, tough go of it up there in Lake Forest. They've had uh They've had some incidents. So, you know, last week obviously there was a lot of turmoil because of the defensive coordinator resigning, and uh, this week one of their wide receivers, Chase Claypool, just seemingly does just doesn't get it. Yeah, he just doesn't understand what's going on here. Uh, well, yeah, he's not the only one. No, that's a good point. <laughs> that's a good point. He is not the only one. Um, so you guys uh, uh, will take to the air at eleven o'clock this morning. Correct. I can't wait to hear. I mean, it's been. Just an unbelievable week. So uh, what uh, Dan Hampton and uh, OB have to say about the whole thing coming up in a little while here today. And we're looking forward to it. And at a moment's notice, if we have any lulls in the show today, if, uh, you know, I feel like things are tanking, uh, you know, along the way, which uh, happens <laughs> happens pretty often here yes. during the show. I've got a special machine now, and I just put push the button. <laughs> Yeah, that's enough. That's good. 
my Taylor Swift-O-Matic I've got <laughs> ready to go. Did, uh, did Jared Payton install that for you? <laughs> Jared Payton? How about that? He's sneaking out of uh, <laughs> the stadium. What's the stadium? What was the, That's I, Arrowhead Stadium. Arrowhead Stadium. City, yeah. Arrowhead Stadium. He's sneaking out of the, the bowels of the stadium, uh, getting ready to go back to his car. And Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey are walking by him. Yeah, it was a fortunate uh, meeting because he actually had asked the, the security guard which way was the quickest to get to his car. And the security guard gave him two options. And uh, option B was the one that Jared took. And next thing he knew, there was there the power couple. Yep. Yeah, they're there. And Jared, being the, you know, the respectful person of someone's privacy that he is, got his phone out right away. Of course. <laughs> video of it. That uh, that he was told to delete. Yeah, and he deleted it all right by sending it out to 17 million people to watch it. Well, he just put it, uh, I think we just put it on the WGN TV uh, site. Yeah. And then from there, it's, <laughs> the last time I checked was like 16 million views on it. it might, it's crazy, isn't it? It might be more by now. But You know, the funny thing, if you watch it closely, you see, because Travis Kelsey knows Jared from uh, the Man of the Year Award, the Walter Payton yeah. Man of the Year Award. and. Yeah. I think he's been at uh, a couple of the dinners, so I, I believe that Travis knew that Jared was was who he was, right? And he kind of gives a little wry smile. You can see it oh, in that four like second t- video. Totally, get, totally <laughs> got the. It's like oh man, the side eye. He got the side eye. Look, Taylor actually said hi. Yeah, she did. Taylor said hi, and Jared's got that you know the smile that never stops. Right. Uh, so uh, <laughs> that was just amazing, incredible. And that's when I knew that was. Uh, that was a bandwagon I needed to jump on. <laughs> There's a bandwagon that needs Dean Richards on. Yes. So uh, Taylor Swift is my co-pilot from now on, or at least for this week. Good philosophy. She's supposed to be at the Chiefs game today, I thought, right? In yeah, New they're York? playing in New York. They're playing the Jets today. Yeah. So that's at the Meadowlands, and uh, I'm sure that it'll go a little berserk and bonkers over there as well. Right. Crazy. It's crazy. Uh, so Dave Schwann's not here. If you notice why my blood pressure is so low. Man, we're all just kind of breathing easy today, aren't we? <laughs> He's, people don't know. You know, people think, oh, Schwanny, poor Schwanny. <laughs> Schwanny raises the anxiety level on this show so high. Yeah. And when he's not here, we're all just breathing a sigh of relief. He's such a perfectionist, and you know we don't we don't abide by those rules. Yeah, it's like, ooh, I got a newsroom to run. Uh-huh. Ooh, I got a newsroom to run. Uh, <laughs> it's a good impersonation. <laughs> If I was eating an apple turnover, why I said it would have been perfect. Uh, so he's off today, and uh, so we're going to do our best to, you know, f- like fill in the holes today. Uh, for example, we've got the far-flung forecast uh, that Schwani normally does. That uh, today we not only have Schwani, or uh, we not only have one replacement for Schwani on the far-flung. <laughs> Yes, but we have three replacements for Schwani on the far-flung forecast. Uh, I'm going to do a far-flung forecast. Andy's going to do a far-flung forecast. Yep. And producer Jack is going to do a far-flung uh, forecast. All right. Yeah. So um, let's, uh, let's take a break, and uh, we'll get to them and see which one you like the best. Oh, I didn't know it was a popularity contest. contest. That would have worked a lot harder. It's a contest. Now now I'm nervous. Find some way to invoke Taylor Swift into (laughs) mine. Just thought of it now. I don't really have it planned that way. Coming up on the program, Congressman Mike Quigley will join us. The only Democrat who voted no on the uh, emergency funding plan. Uh, designed to help uh, avert a government shutdown. Congressman Quigley joins us a little bit later on. Uh, Good old uh, Chicagoan Mandy Patinkin joining us on the show today. And in the absence of Dave Schwan, with our far-flung forecast, we now present three replacements for said feature. Today's far-flung forecast, ladies and gentlemen... Our weekly compendium of fascinating facts and figures around the world. And uh, today we have not only Andy and I doing the far-flung forecast, but uh, also we go behind the scenes Ooh. on the Sunday morning Uh-oh. show today. Peeling back the curtain. Uh-oh. Peeling back the curtain and really the person with a better voice than any of us put together. 
It's uh, producer Jack with uh, our far-flung forecast. I have my protractor. (laughs) Your compass. Compass, whatever it is that Shwani normally says to start this off. This newfangled devices. That just feels dirty when I say that. Just say, open up your Google Maps. It does does a little bit. Yeah, I like that Shwani's still using a compass, though. Uh, Okay, you ready? I'm leading off? Yeah, you're leading off. All the pressure. Yeah, you're the leadoff man. Hello, friends. How was my Shwani? That's not bad. <laughs> All right. We will I like head... that he's starting off mocking Schwann. Yeah, exactly. I, I admire that. I mean, I'm just trying to fit in. Yeah, no, I, you love, know. I love it. <laughs> For me, we're going to head out east mm. to the great state or whatever, a state out of east, Massachusetts. Yeah. Yeah. Head out southwest, about 22 miles of Boston to the great city of Foxborough. Foxborough, Massachusetts. Foxborough, Massachusetts. Founded Hello. all the way back in 1778. Foxborough, Massachusetts. Hello. 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 I'm trying to get some new, uh, some free stuff like Shawnee does out there. Great city. I've never been there, but great city. I've heard good things. Send your free stuff right to Jack <laughs> Care yeah. WGN. Right. Yep. 303 East Wacker. Um, yeah, founded all the way back in 17. 17- 78, and something that I thought was interesting is they're an open town meeting government with just a town manager, William Keegan Jr. So hit me up. Hit me up, Bill, um, if you need some help. Um, Hit me up, Bill. (laughs) But Foxborough is also probably known for being the home of the New England Patriots. And you're wondering why I bring up the New England Patriots. Oh, I see where this is going. And Andy mentioned it in his forecast. The Bears are on a 13-game losing streak. Yep. 343 days ago, back last October, <laughs> a Monday night, October 24th, that was the last time the Chicago Bears won and the last time Hamp and Obie, I think, were happy. So <laughs> Bears win that game. It was a really good game. We had a lot of hope, and then it's almost been a whole year since then. So Foxborough... Massachusetts. I don't have the weather up right now. I forgot that part, but that's where that's where we're going. That's where I'm going at least. Let's say partly cloudy. I don't know if that's accurate or not, but let's just say partly. It's always cloudy there, right? It's always cloudy there. Oh, I got it. 61 and mostly sunny. Look at him. Look Good at the, work. High of 72. Look at the producer pulling out the Simunfo at the last minute there. Yeah. Very nice. Good On the fly. Stuff. That's a nice one. A Good far stuff. a far flung, flung forecast for the last place, that, the, the last won. location where the Bears uh, had a victory. It's been a long, almost year. Oh, it's been uh, unbelievable. But, ladies and gentlemen, that's not all. We've got more far-flung forecasts for you now. This time, presented by the voice of sports here in Chicago. Uh, I know that because I saw you uh, both on television and heard you on the radio yeah. this week. Same day. Uh, Mr. Andy, yeah, in the morning and the afternoon in yeah. some, some cases. You must be exhausted. No. I'm ready to go. Here is Andy Mazur. All right. Get out your Google Maps. We're going to uh, Decatur, <laughs> Illinois, for this edition Where of the Far Flung Forecast, the largest fairly city. Fairly local. Fairly local. In Macon County in Illinois. It was a, founded in 1829, and that's where the Chicago Bears were actually founded. So the story goes that A.E. Staley, he had a company there that formed a team in 1919. It was a fairly good football team that was beating up on the locals. What? Yeah. Mr. Staley wanted to build a team that would compete with the best semi-pro and industrial teams in the country. So George Chamberlain Swift, the great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather of Taylor Swift, made that up, uh, the general superintendent of the company, where's called a guy Taylor, by the name of... my Taylor Swift song? Wait a minute. Where's my Swift-O-Matic? Go ahead. So they called this guy named George Hallis. I think you've heard of him, to see if he wanted to come to Decatur and work for the team, or work for the company and run the team. So he agreed back in 1920 to take over a team that was known then as the Decatur Staley's. So that year, with Hallis at the helm, they beat and they won in the American Professional Football Association, which was renamed the National Football League a couple of years ago. Oh, boy. So the team relocated to Chicago in 1921 and was renamed the Chicago Staley's. They played at Wrigley, the home of the Cubs. And a year later, Hallis wanted to change the team's name, and they decided on Bears to honor their hosts, the Cubs. But they wanted a little more oomph into the name and reasoning that football players were bigger than baseball players. So the Cub grew into a bear. Huh. And Hallis liked the uh, bright orange and blue colors of his alma mater, the University of Illinois, so he adopted those for the Bears. 
And of the original 14 NFL teams, the Bears are one of only two that are still in existence, and they both have roots in Chicago, the Bears and the Arizona Cardinals, who mm. at one point were the Chicago Cardinals. Yeah. So from the start, the, the Bears were a pretty successful team. They were very innovative. They signed Red Grange in 1925, showcased him for the first huge pro football cross. Now, I bring this up because it was on this date, October 1st, 1922, that the team known as the Chicago Bears played its very first game. Hmm. Nice. It was a 6 to nothing win against Racine Legion oh. in Wisconsin. So the very first game played by the Chicago Bears, that was the the, That was the second to the last time that the Bears won a game. Correct. So (laughs) Foxborough, last year on October 24th and 1922, 101 years ago today. (laughs) It only seems like 101 years since they last won. But uh, that's the uh, the honor and the original uh, origin of this franchise. Uh, Decatur, Illinois is where it was first born. And Decatur, looking at 66 at sunny degrees right now, going up to a high of 81. I did not know most of that about the origin of the Bears. That's the origin of the Bears. Yeah, Uh, fascinating and also very uh, entertaining as well. Uh, I also have a far-flung forecast. Fire up the music. For today. Get those whistlers going. Uh, Mine is not sports-related. I know you'll find that hard to believe. (laughs) Mine is about a farmer. Uh, I'm going to tell you the location in a second, because if I told you now, you would know instantly the subject for whom I am speaking. But he was a farmer who went to public school in uh, his uh, little town in which he grew up, a town in which he still lives, by the way, went to uh, school in uh, his state, wound up in the U.S. Naval Academy in 1946, and was chosen by Senator uh, by uh, Admiral Hyman Rickover for the nuclear submarine program. Got married in 1946. His father passed away in 1953, and he resigned his naval commission and uh, returned to his home state to take over the uh, family farm. And while he was doing that, became involved in local politics. He served on county boards and education boards, the hospital authority. He ran for the Senate in his home state and lost. He ran for governor of his home state and won. And uh, in uh, 1974, announced his candidacy for president of the United States and was elected president November 2nd, 1976. I am talking about Jimmy Carter, James Earl Carter Jr., uh, who gave us uh, the Panama Canal Treaties and the Camp David Accords, which are still intact uh, between Egypt and Israel and the SALT II Treaty and the establishment of U.S. diplomatic relations with the People's Republic of China, Jimmy Carter's career after his presidency. Uh, also very, very impressive, establishing the Carter Center uh, that worked to resolve and still works to resolve conflict and promote democracy and human rights around the world. Uh, he and his wife, Rosalind, have uh, been outstanding spokespeople and volunteers. They, they get out there and do the heavy lifting for Habitat for the Humanity, a nonprofit organization for people needing help to renovate and uh, build homes for themselves. He is a Nobel Prize winner. And uh, since February of this year, uh, President Carter has been in hospice care in his home in Plains, Georgia, which is uh, the subject of my far-flung forecast today. Jimmy Carter today turns 99 years wow. old. Wow. Today is Jimmy Carter's 99th birthday, where it is now 68 degrees, partly cloudy and 85 degrees there. 938. Pretty nice Sunday going on here. Always better when we are joined by Dr. Kevin Mose, Chief Medical Officer, Northwestern Central DuPage Hospital. Happy Sunday to you, my friend. Good morning, Dean. Beautiful day, huh? It is absolutely gorgeous outside. Beautiful morning yesterday, too, uh, where I hosted uh, for I don't know how many years now, decades, I think, hosted uh, the opening ceremonies for the annual AIDS Run and Walk. uh, And uh, we raised a a ton of money. the, The last I heard something like a half a million dollars that was raised yesterday probably went higher than that but um 
you know, a great day to provide uh, money for the AIDS Foundation of Chicago, which provides uh, uh, care and uh, medical uh, needs and advocacy for people who are living with HIV and AIDS, which is now, uh, you know, a, a disease which is controllable uh, thanks to, you know, advances in uh, medication, uh, which is great. So, but yesterday, you know, they have sponsor tents set up. Uh, we were all over outside of Soldier Field yesterday, and one of the tents was the Walgreens tent, one of the sponsors of the walk. And they were giving out uh, COVID boosters and flu shots uh, out there. And I was going to go get my COVID booster because I haven't done it yet and uh, my flu shot. And then I thought I remembered you saying that I shouldn't do them in the same day. Was I wrong about that? Uh, yes, you were wrong. But that's not the first time, so that's not okay. The first time won't be the last. Oh, <laughs> right. No, you can definitely get them on the same day. You can actually even get them in the same arm. A recent study showed that getting them in the same arm may be a little more uncomfortable, but actually the immune response is actually a little bit better. Really? So, uh, yeah, COVID and flu, you can get at the same time. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, now I'm sorry that I didn't do that because, uh, and you should be glad that I didn't call you just out of nowhere. Because no. <laughs> I've called Kevin with stupider questions than that. Uh, over no, but, but good that you highlighted it so we, we reinforce that again and, and thank you for doing what you do for AIDS the amount of money that, that you and that group have raised like you said took an illness that used to be you know very 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 devastating and now is very treatable yeah um, I mean, it's like it's like diabetes only because now, of the right? research yeah it, it, it's like uh, you know if you uh, get the proper meds you can uh, control HIV if if you contract it, uh, it can become non-detectable in you, and uh, there are also uh, medications now, so uh, you won't even get uh, HIV from someone, right? I mean, that's that's, that's how the medications uh, work now. Yep. Yeah, I mean, so kudos to the, if you think about the advancements that have been made over the last couple of decades on this, it's it's been great. And it's only been great because of individuals who participate in things like you did yesterday, have raised money, have raised awareness to advance that. Just as we're trying to do with Alzheimer's, it really is a group effort and a really a social experiment to say, how much can we provide to not only support individuals who have the illness, but more awareness and raise money for treatment options. Yeah, I, I was uh, I was thinking about the early days of the AIDS epidemic and how devastating it was. It was a death sentence. If you got HIV, it was a death sentence in, in the early days. And uh, I, I was thinking about it so much the last few days because of the death of Senator Dianne Feinstein, who was at the time mayor of San Francisco and was one of the earliest advocates in setting up uh, programs for people with HIV and AIDS, uh, and which became a model for practically every place of uh, how to treat people with this. And the early studies, I remember talking with researchers and uh, doctors through the absolute worst of all of this to the point uh, where we are now, where uh, it, you know, it's still something that needs attention, but uh, thank goodness, not the kind of attention uh, that uh, and and tragedy that we were facing in the earliest days of this. Uh, some texters, though, are asking, um, can you get your COVID, flu, and RSV shot all in one day? You know, that's one I wouldn't do. Uh, I, I certainly would do the COVID and flu. The RSV, I really want to make sure people are speaking to their doctor, making sure they understand you know, that they have, may have a few more side effects from it, um, and really, do you need the RSV? That's the one that is a discussion with the doctor. If you're over the age of 60, immunocompromised at all, certainly I think that they will recommend it. But we all have to remember that RSV last year really kind of hit us with a triple-demic, uh, potential to do it again this year. But we often also have some good immunity against RSV because we, we get exposed to it in our first two years of life and then continue to get exposed to it throughout the, our lifetime. So now it's just those individuals who are over 60. Is their immune system down a little bit? And is that an appropriate one? So certainly having that discussion, and it's interesting, 
you know, 46 states in the union, you can go and just get an RSV shot. You know, there's four states where you actually have to have a discussion with your physician and get a prescription. So when it's when the decision like that is made, it's just a reminder that having that discussion with your doctor about the about the vaccine, about the side effects and about the need for it is very important. Uh, a texter from 773 said, how long should I wait for getting my booster after having COVID in late August? Yeah, so... You know, that, that individual is lucky. And I mean, I take that in uh, with a grain of salt. But the individual got COVID in late August, and obviously, hopefully has done quite well with it. So now they have great immunity against the strain that is going on right now. So for the next 90 days, they have excellent natural immunity. So this is an individual who can wait almost till the first of the year and even after that um, to get that COVID vaccine, the COVID booster, because they're going to have great natural immunity. And not only that, Great natural immunity against the exact strain that is circulating right now. Yeah, the text uh, goes on to say that they're going to be traveling for the holidays, so, uh, w- you know, which was going to be my next question to you, but you answered it. Uh, they have uh, great immunity if they're going to be traveling uh, for the holidays. Here's someone who asks, can I get a flu shot if, while, while I'm recovering from pneumonia? Well, we always like people to get a shot when they're healthiest, right? Your your immune system right now is trying to fight off that pneumonia, so it's kind of ramped up. It would certainly work, but for this one, for the flu, there's no big rush. Get over the pneumonia, get your immune system back, get your strength back, and get that shot. You know, if you if you have a regular <clears throat> community-acquired pneumonia, you know, within 10, 14 days, you're going to be back to normal, which is still well within that time frame of us saying, Get that flu shot so that you have full immunity by Thanksgiving. So for that individual, I'd say, hey, push fluids, rest, fight the pneumonia. As soon as you're back to normal, you know, 10 days from now, go ahead and get the vaccine at that point. Yeah. You know, I I was thinking about this yesterday because the Walgreens at the AIDS walk giving out the shots yesterday. You know, we're out in front of Soldier Field. It's It's out in a tent in the outdoors. And I was thinking about. You know, when the COVID vaccines first became available and how we waited in line for blocks and, you know, the the settings that uh, we were in then to get our our vaccines and the cards and get your cards stamped and dated. And now you can just go to a tent outside of Soldier (laughs) Field or go go shop for go get a bologna sandwich at Osco and then uh, go get your shop. It's amazing. Yeah, kudos to Walgreens, because even this rollout has been a little bit messy. You have to remember that this is the first time the vaccine is not paid for by the government. So now insurance companies have to buy it. Pharmacies have to buy it. Drugstores, clinics, they all have to buy it. So it hasn't been as smooth. As a matter of fact, it's been somewhat difficult to get the pediatric dosing. But like you said, boy, it's still a lot better than waiting in line or being told, hey, you need to drive to southern illinois right. to get your uh, remember vaccine remember that that's amazing yep. uh dr kevin most chief medical officer northwestern central dupage hospital enjoy this beautiful day kevin we'll talk to you soon thank you so much you got it dean we'll talk 9:50. dean richards sunday morning wgn i wondered this morning if we were going to be talking about a shutdown of the federal government uh but the very last minute uh, things changed last night with President Biden signing a temporary funding bill to keep agencies open. Uh, at least things will keep going until about November the 17th. Uh, there was also an um, emergency funding plan aimed at averting a federal government shutdown that was voted on by uh, the U.S. House and uh, the only Democrat to vote against that was uh, Congressman Mike Quigley, Representative Quigley, on the line with us uh, right now. First of all, uh, Mike, we missed you at the AIDS walk uh, yesterday. It's been tradition for I don't know how long. You and I would be at the starting line and we'd you know, cheer on the, the runners as they, uh, that we went. But you, you had a little, uh, a little bit, bit of uh, business to do yesterday morning yeah one of the reasons i was upset at this uh silliness of forever waiting to the last second to do our constitutional businesses uh, i got to miss the walk and run with you which as you said we've done for years it's great to see people out there 
beautiful day and a great cause. Uh, let's hope we're not in the same situation next year. Yeah, well, in, in or a, in forty-five days. I was going to say in a month, November seventeenth, the, the can really has simply been pushed down the road. Uh, I can't think of a time when you have voted uh, with. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene or uh, Lauren uh, Boebert or Jim Jordan. Right. Well, explain why you decided to vote against this. There was a very important reason, apparently. I mean, sure. Uh, the, the far right uh, extremists who brought us to this situation voted against it because they just want to bring the government down. Uh, I voted against it because that it took the funding out for Ukraine. And... In short, yesterday was a really good day for for Putin and autocrats and tyrants across the world who, you know, whose strategy is, if you look, if you're Putin, you know, and you don't mind treating your own people like cannon fodder, the strategy is to, if you don't win the war quickly, try to wear down the West, um, try to tax their will to keep fighting and uh yesterday that won so my concern is the message it sent which was pretty obvious the fact that it was unnecessary the senate had a clean continuing resolution with ukraine funding they were going to start voting on it the cloture at one o'clock and mccarthy just beat him to the punch (laughs) and uh i think the term is rolled because the, a couple of days before, we had a standalone Ukraine funding uh, vote in the House. Every Democrat voted for it, half a Republican. That ended up being just about the vote for the continuing resolution. So we didn't need to pull it out. And it's frustrating, and we have to remind ourselves why this is important. You know, we can't have, we can't allow a sovereign Democratic country to be wiped off the face of the earth. One of the other uh, consequences of this whole bill is uh, something going on in in your branch of government in in the House of Representatives. Uh, You could have a new Speaker of the House by the end of this coming week. Uh, Republican Representative Matt Goetz says he intends on uh, filing a motion to vacate against House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. What the heck is going on in the House right now? Yeah, look, this is, you know, polarization is bad enough, but this is a weird cousin of polarization where somewhere between 2 and 20 of the most extreme Republicans have shown disproportionate influence for this reason. To become Speaker, McCarthy had to agree that any one member could set up a vote to oust them, right? Uh, I call it the sort of Damocles. You know, he's the one that made that deal. It's unfortunate, and it, it it's evidence, further evidence of a lack of ability to govern, which is uh, unfortunate because it comes at such a terrible time. I don't know how this is going to play out. In the end, Gates must know he doesn't have the votes for ouster. Uh, we're not sure procedurally how it's going to play out, because ironically and oddly and weirdly, uh, McCarthy will preside over this motion, I, I guess. Uh, so they don't have enough votes to oust him. <laughs> and even if they did, they don't have enough votes to pick somebody else. So as you recall, when we were having the speaker vote, you know, record numbers of votes to get to that point. Nothing else was getting done. So that's the real cost of this. And and the real cost of all of this is we're showing the rest of the world an inability to govern because of a small minority. At some point in time, the speaker, and I think Saturday he began to show that, has to realize what's, you know, like it's like rom-com logic. They're just not that into you. They're never going to love you. Get over it. And, you know, if you're going to get anything done, it's always involved compromise. You did it Saturday to an extent. Keep doing it. 
Um, that what what you said is what I've been thinking for the last several days. While this happens every time there's a potential government shutdown, uh, that all all of this time is now being spent on this instead of actually fixing the problem. When there are so many so many other problems in the United States that both sides need to be concentrating on and working on and working for their constituents, whether they're left or right, working on that instead of this uh, political maneuvering that's going on. It, it, it's so frustrating to me. When, we, uh, when I got sworn in, it was on a special election. So, you know, you, in between votes, they call you up, they swear you in, and you, you speak and you start voting. So I sat down for the first time in the House as a member, and uh, Mark Kirk, uh, a House Republican member at the time, later to become a senator, said to me, everything that gets done here gets done in the middle. And there's a lot of evidence of that. You know, it was, it was late, but in June we did have a compromise, a bicameral compromise, to uh, address the debt ceiling and fund the government. So we shouldn't even be here. We had a deal, and it was through compromise. But the speaker said, I don't want to go to war with this far, far right extreme. And he started caving into them, talked about an impeachment inquiry. So I, I guess what I'm saying is there's room to do this. If there's a way to push back on the extremes, because I don't think the founding fathers ever imagined that one or two or three members of the House could turn the place on their head. And they will never vote for any of these measures. They'll never do anything to move the government forward. This is about revolution for the hell of it. Yeah. Uh, Congressman Mike Quigley, always appreciate when you can take a few minutes to join us. Thank you so much. We'll look forward to seeing you soon, pal. Thank you. Thank you. So, Margaret, this is the point of the program where I might ask Dave Schwan his prediction for the Bears game. I would ask uh, Andy, because Andy's going to co-host Hampton OB coming up in uh, about an hour, his prediction, and I would ask Schwanny. His prediction. Margaret, do you have a prediction for today's Bears game? I think the Bears, if they prevail, it'll be a very special Sunday. <laughs> that's, that's pretty that's, close to what Schwani would say. pretty close to what Schwani would say. Because Schwa- Andy Schwani would say? Oh, I think it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so Margaret tracking pretty much along yeah, the Schwani line, which is, uh, you should be concerned about that, Margaret, by the really? way. Richard, Sunday morning on WGN, an abbreviated show again today. Well, you went uptown, right? Get ready for Hampton OB coming up at 11 o'clock today. I imagine all they're going to talk about is Taylor Swift on the show today. If I, have, I say over it, yes. I think most sports shows now, they're really missing the boat. I agree. If they talk about the actual game and not about Taylor Swift. Did you hear that uh, Mark Cuban has uh, sent a message to Taylor Swift telling her to drop Travis Kelsey, that he's got several uh, gentlemen on the Dallas Cowboy, uh, Dallas uh, Mavericks, Mavericks yep. uh, that he would like her to date. <laughs> now, now other teams, it's, it's like a draft pick now. Who's going to get Taylor Swift? Oh, that's hilarious. Unbelievable. Andy, I was trying to remember uh, if you had, you've been married, well, just a little over a year. A little under a year, yeah. Next, uh, next week. Next oh, weekend is oh, the next week is the anniversary. Yeah. I was trying to remember if you had, did you have a song? Like, if, you know, if, your first dance or that was. No, because we, we did the eloping thing. So we never really had a, uh, you know, a formal dancing kind of a, a reception. So we did not. Do you have a song? Yeah, you know, we don't we we have such differing music tastes. I mean, I am stuck in the 1980s. I will fully admit that that I am just firmly planted in the 80s. So a romantic evening with you would be with the music of Oingo Boingo. Oingo Oingo Boingo, a little Dead Man's Party or, you know, something Everybody like that. Everybody Wang Chung Everybody tonight. Wang Chung, right. That really gets Andy in a romantic mood. And she's into uh she likes some, she likes herself some country music and I'm not mm. at all into country music. Um no offense to anyone that is, but it's just not my cup of tea. Uh, well, that's okay. Yeah, everyone's allowed to have uh, different tastes. Amen. 
in things. The, the reason why I bring that up is because uh, I officiated another wedding the other day. Oh, nice. That's yeah. right. There have been stars up in the heavens. This is a good wedding song. I've been oh, yeah. in love with you. Dan Fogelberg, Pride of Peoria. Stronger than any mountain. I uh, officiated the wedding. How about this for a WGN connection? I officiated the wedding of the grandson of the great Bob Bell, who was the original bozo, uh, WGN-TV. You know, I knew Bob Bell in his final days uh, before he passed away. Got to know his family, uh, his son Jeff and his lovely wife uh, Cindy. And uh, when I first met them, their little kids, Jeff and Cindy's kids... Uh, Robert and Michael were just little mischievous little kids. <laughs> they were hilarious, you know, like little little boys are. They're a riot, but that was a long time ago. And uh, Robert, the namesake of Bob Bell, uh, got married this past Friday to uh, his lovely uh, now wife, Lisa. And they uh, asked me if I would officiate uh, their wedding. So I was very happy to do that. And it was a lovely wedding. And uh, this is my new side hustle now. <laughs> it's a good hustle. Yeah, right. Because you're doing good. I am doing good. You're doing good for the uh, you know for everybody else for mankind. I'm I should bringing, say. Yes. I'm bringing people in love uh, together and making it official. I am making it official <laughs> by by the by the power vested in me mm-hmm. in whatever internet church I signed up with. <laughs> I can't even remember the name of the internet uh, thing. Literally, I went on the internet in less than five minutes. I was authorized to officiate weddings. That's amazing. That's how simple it is. And I'm sure a lot of people have done exactly the same thing. And you know what? I I said this. Remember, uh, I officiated the wedding of our former producer on the show, Ryan. Right. Uh, And as far as I know, that still worked out. The the marriage is still going strong for them, I I think. I haven't checked with them, but pretty sure. Like, when I I marry you, you stay married. Yes. That's the point. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so I said at that time, we, you know, we talked about it on the air, uh, Sandy was at the wedding in Shawnee and we had like a nice little WG on table, the, um, that I wanted to do a wedding at our tree time broadcast, right? which is now one month away, by the way. Ooh. So it's going to be November the 5th, tree time in Lake Barrington. And I still want to marry somebody at, on our broadcast. So if anybody out there would like me to marry them, give us contact us. You can call the studio line, 312-981-7200. You can send me an email if you want. It's drichards at wgntv.com. Uh, but if you would like to be married, or uh, we had a couple of people uh, said that they, want, they wanted to redo their vows, mm-hmm. you know, re-up, re-up their vows, whatever, we'll do that. Uh, so you know, maybe we could have one of those mass weddings. That would be cool. Yeah, it's a it's a great place to do it too because it's so festive and yeah, you know, you know the lights and everything like that out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Producer Jack, you want to get married? I, I'm not proposing to you. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying. I don't know. Is that on the horizon? Uh, do, 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 we could do that. You know, on the show. Uh maybe in like five years when I finally when you're ready when I when I'm done being a bachelor. Or we could do like that love at first sight, just married at first sight. How about if we oh, marry? Yeah. How we marry you to a complete stranger? Yeah, that might be that might be fun to one of our listeners who would like to be married to Jack. <laughs> Jack. This is even better than when I shot an apple off of Schwann's head <laughs> with a bow and arrow. <laughs> that was awesome. Who wants to marry? What complete stranger wants to marry? It's like Jack? the the Bachelor. Uh huh. Oh, I like this. I like this idea. All right. Big day for me. Well, Bar Funk Floorcast, I'm going to get married in a month. <laughs> Look at you go. You were living right. This right. is awesome. At a Christmas tree store. Yeah. It doesn't get any better than this, really. No. All right. So anyway, uh, if you would like to get married, if you would like to marry Jack. <laughs> this is the first time that this has been done on WGN, where we marry off one of our producers. That's hilarious. To a complete stranger. That's my best. That's my favorite part. Facebook Live. Jack shows up at the broadcast single. He leaves with a bride. Unbelievable. What a turn I'm, of I'm events. Sure, I'm sure that'll last. <laughs> Three, <laughs> two. This is like one of those old-fashioned prearranged weddings where... 
you know, you don't even get to meet the bride before you get married. That's what this is going to be like. Mm. Worked out for a lot of people's grandparents. Could work out for you. 312-981-7200. Or you can drop us a note at drichards at wgntv.com. 1023 Dean Richards, Sunday morning, WGN. He simply has one of the most beautiful voices. Chicago's very own Mandy Patinkin. Someday I'll Originally from my old neighborhood on the south side. In fact, we went to the same grade school uh, at uh, pretty much at the uh, same time. Mandy, of course, uh, Tony Award winner for his role in Evita on Broadway. But you know him uh, from television shows like Chicago Hope and Criminal Minds and Homeland. Uh, more recently, Chicago Hope and Dead Like Me. And the good fight, uh, movies like The Princess Bride and Yentl and Ragtime and many others. Mandy's coming to the Mackinac Arts Center in uh, Glen Ellen at the College of DuPage, October 12th and October 14th, uh, two different dates. And uh, we're lucky enough to catch up with uh, one of our, our favorites uh, on a Zoom chat. I mean, we were uh, Zoom chatting. He noticed behind me, uh, you know, I was on the, the set of our WGN newscast, and he saw the big old WGN and got excited. Oh, my God, pull my heartstrings. Every day at lunch, I was in that <laughs> in that lunch seat. My mom feed me a tuna burger that Mrs. Block made for her son, David, and my mom <laughs> learned how, and I'd watch Bozo Circus, and my, I only lived for the opportunity to play the grand prize game. And you never got to as a, a child? I never got to it. And then a buddy of mine named David Fishman, who I think became a dentist or something, uh, somehow he knew Bozo the Clown, Bob Bell was his name, That's his right. daughter. So he fixes us up on a date. And I was like, you know, pretty excited. So I drive out to the north side, wherever it is, I'm from the south side. And I get to their house and I'm looking around, you know, I'm really not even sure what Bob Bell looks like. But he was also Andy. You remember who played Andy the Star. movies? Andy, Andy Star and read Andy the Star, letters. sure. And uh, and so we take her out, and then I see her, and I'm looking all over for pictures of her father on the walls <laughs> and on the shelves. And he's not around, and I'm thinking, you know, I'm really not interested in going to a movie or having a date. But I'm being a jerk, and I'm being a nice guy. And anyway, so we get in the car, and by this point, I have two little cousins, Frankie and Ricky, and. Uh, and they're wanting to go. And now I'm like 16 or 17, and I just started driving. And I said to her in the car as we're going to some movie or dinner, I don't know where we're doing, and I said, you know, I have these two cousins, and she says, take me home. Uh-oh. <laughs> she knew, she she knew, knew where I was happening. Going. Yeah, She knew I was going to say, can you get them ticket to Bozo Circus? Take me home. How, so, how many kids did he have? He had uh, several sons. I want to say maybe three or four sons. Wow. Uh, one one daughter named Joan, who I'm I'm friends with uh, today. Uh, well, tell her hi. Said that must be her. Please tell her I said hi, and please ask her to forgive me. I was just trying to help my little cousins. Sure, and I'm sure she must have heard that twenty times a day. Oh my God, I pitied her, and uh, but but uh, she heard it from me. <laughs> so. Yeah. So when you were, uh, you know, rushing home to see uh, Bozo, so was I. And I knew that when the grand prize game was on, I had to make a dash back to Edward Cole School, where we went to grade school to, uh, at the same time. That's what I heard. The publicist said to me we were at grade school at Cole School. That's and, right. And what was Mrs. Bushnell the principal at Coles? Mrs. Bushnell, Mrs. Costakis was Costakis was one of my our, our uh, teachers in the upper grades. So when you were living in South Shore at the time, is is that where you began to perform and get an interest in the arts? Take 100%. me back to how this all started uh, in, on the south side of Chicago. I was on the south side of Chicago. I went to nursery school at the Young Men's Jewish Council, I believe, on Phillips Avenue. And we lived on Phillips. We lived right near Eckersall Stadium, uh, right at the end, at the dead end. My my dad actually was responsible for that sort of turnaround right there. And uh, 8132 Phillips, that was our address. Oh gosh, we, we and, played uh, basketball in that turnaround yeah. so many times. There was a, ba a basketball there. Yeah. My friend David Freeman lived right at the turnaround. 
Yeah. Uh, we we must have hung around with the same people. And then we went ice skating and played hockey when they when That's they right. iced, iced the part that that little area over. That's right. And they yeah. put the light in for nighttime and all that. And then, you know, that tennis courts at Eckersall Stadium, my buddy Gil Leeds and I would go over there and play tennis all the time. And anyway, so I went to school. I went to nursery school, the Young Men's Jewish Council Nursery School. Then I was at, I believe, South Shore High School uh, as a freshman. And um, uh, my mom said, you know, they're doing plays over at the youth center. So I'm about 13, 14, 13, I guess. And they're doing plays over at the youth center. I said, oh, you know, you don't know me at all. That's not for me. Leave me alone. Then I'm in fifth period lunch and some big football player comes by the lunch table. We're playing penny pool. And he says, you know, we're doing these plays over at the youth center, you know, and we're short some guys. You interested? I said, yeah, yeah, that sounds pretty interesting. And I go over there and a guy named Bob Condor, who ran a Broadway costume house uh, like around uh, Lincoln, you know, uh, that diagonal street um, in uh, whatever that area was called, not that uh, where the jazz was. And, uh, and, and uh, you know, the chances are where you throw the peanut shells on oh, the yeah. floor. In Hyde uh, Park? Not in Hyde Park, further Hyde Park. north. Old Town? In the Old, Old Town. Town. Thank yep. you, Old Town. Yep. Around there, he owned a costume job. And he did pro bono work at the at the Young Men's Jewish Council. He ran the drama department. I got in a play there. It was Anything Goes. Estelle Specter uh, ran the, she was the movement. I tap danced in the play. And the next show they did was a show called Stop the World, I Want to Get Off. And Bob cast me as, um, as uh, a little chap. And then we were doing after that, we did a show called Carousel. We rehearsed all these plays in the same room I went to nursery school in. And I'll never forget all of the kids. We were sitting in a semicircle working, uh, rehearsing the play Carousel in the same room I went to nursery school in. And outside the window, there was a little sandbox area. We put the ladder there where we did the scenes in heaven. And then we all sat in a semicircle and Bob sat in front of us like you're in front of me right now. And he said to all of our us high school kids from like 13 to 19 years old, a couple of kids were held back. And uh, he said, what's the play about? We raise our hand about a guy who makes a mistake, about a guy who goes to heaven, about a guy who comes back, gets a second chance, about a guy, about a guy, about a guy. And as a wonderful teacher might say to kids, I think you're all right, he said. I think it's about all those things. And then he said these words, which changed my life. He said, but I also think it's about something else. And we leaned in and he said, I think it's about if you love someone, tell them. Well, I had wonderful parents. I heard a lot of good things around the dinner table. I went to Congregation Road, Fazetic in Hyde Park since I was a little kid. I heard the rabbis make beautiful sermons, but I never heard anything that I could hear so clearly. And at that moment, I thought to myself, I swear I'm not making this up. Wow. If this thing called theater, you know, talks like that, I'm going to hang out. And I did. I wasn't very good in school. I hated school. It didn't have anything that spoke to me. And I thank God I had that youth center. And uh, and then I just continued. And, and, you know, I made a plan that if I couldn't make a living uh, at it, uh, after five years, you know, when I finished school, then I'd go to plan B and I had no plan B. My dad was in the, what's now called the recycling business, but it was scrap metal on the South side and uh, on Loomis Avenue and 59th and Loomis, which is wow. now an empty lot with a cell phone tower. And uh, I used to work there on Saturdays, you know, when the peddlers was coming with the copper and the steel and the paper. And uh, and he didn't like what he did. His pop, my grandfather, who I'm named after, he started it with a push cart, you know, coming over from Europe. And and uh, and I just, you know, when my dad died when I was 18, I, I, I guess he gave me, you know, a huge lesson, which was life is short and do what you want to do. Don't tell anybody you can't try. And if it doesn't work out, figure out something else you're interested in. But don't say no to yourself. More with Mandy Patinkin in just a minute. He'll be at the Mackinac Arts Center October 12th and 14th. We'll update news and be right back. She filled my days with endless. 
endless wonder. One of the most beautiful voices. She took my child. Incredibly talented uh, actor and singer. Chicago's own Mandy Patinkin. Is, uh, coming back to the Chicago area to put on a couple of shows out at the Mackinich Arts Center at the College of DuPage in Glen Ellen. Thursday, October 12th, Saturday, October 14th. Uh, should be just an incredible show. And, uh, how great that we could spend some time with him on a Zoom chat this week where he talked to me a little bit about what you can expect when you go to see him in concert. Well, there's nothing I love more than being with a live audience. That's why I do it. If you offered me a recording studio or a television show or a Broadway show or uh, or a um, or a movie, I'd always take the live concert venue because the reservoir is bigger than the oceans. It's bigger than the universe of material that'll sing and speak to anything you want, from having a great time and being silly to you know, whispering to your grandson while he's going to sleep. There's a song for everything. And the best part of it is to not be alone. I'm not the genius who wrote these songs. I'm the mailman. And and these men and women who wrote these things that like the little kid in us who says, Grandpa or, or Mommy or Daddy, read it to me again. Read it to me again. These are stories you want to hear over and over again. I sing I sing story songs. Written by great people, all kinds of people uh, who write stories, uh, and 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 I I love hearing them, and most of all, I love being in the company of others who want to hear them. So we listen to them together. They're just coming out of my mouth, but I'm sitting there with you, and they are also. It's the best environment to perform in because it happens right at that moment. Literally what's going on in the theater at that moment, what happened that day, all day long, what's happening in our world, in our homes, in our schools, our churches, our synagogues, our mosques. And it really is immediate. It's uh, it's the Buddhist dream. It's to be in the moment, you know. I'm a little bit of a Jubu, so, you know, I <laughs> I, I learned it from my brother-in-law and 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 it's it's easy to say it, but being and living in the moment is not so easy. But uh, that is the thing that the theater and the concert venue give you that no other way out there in terms of the bottom line. I'm an entertainer. That's what I do. And all the other forms of entertainment, or let's backslash it, communicating or communicating, uh, pale compared to getting to be with the folks. Uh, Are there uh, standards that you do, new songs? Show tunes. What's it, on all the across the board. It's all across the board from w- very well-known people uh, from the Broadway world to uh, to Tom Waits to uh, Irving Berlin to um, uh, now I can't think. Right, Randy Newman. Uh, on and on the list goes. Queen. It just goes on and on and on. Any song that's a story, I purposely don't say ahead of time. Uh, what I'm going to do or write a list or give you a program with the with the songs. And yes, I've been doing, you know, this particular cycle of songs we put together uh, when it was time to come back uh, during after the pandemic, you know, just kind of calmed down a little. And we said, well, let's get back on the road. I said, OK, look, before, you know, the pandemic, I was doing a different cycle of songs. It was a bit of a dark time that was going on in in my view of what was happening in the world. And that sort of osmosized itself into the material I chose in the evening I put together. And I said this time, I said, I don't want that. I said, I need to get back to being alive. I need to get back to having fun. I want my audiences to come back to the theater, to be sitting together with each other, to not be afraid, to be in community. And I want us to have fun. I said, so let's throw out what we did before. Let's go. I had over 15 hours worth of material and we just started at, at, at number one and we just went through hours and hours of songs and we went, okay, this is a good way to start. Let's start with this is fun. And then it was like, what's a good answer? Or what's a good question to ask after this song? All right, let's do this one. And then we'd put it together. Recently, I've just taken a few out and I've put a few others in. And so, sure, you can go online and find some other review where somebody mentions, oh, he's saying this or he's saying that. 
Probably I'll be doing a number of those songs, but some I may not be doing. So I don't want you to be disappointed, and I don't want you looking at the paper. I want you to be listening. You can close your eyes if you want and go to sleep, but I want you to be listening to what these people wrote, what they left us behind forever. And, and, it, and, and for me, it's how to be alive and how to have fun and how to listen to your grandchild and everything in between. And uh, I love it. I can't wait. October 12th and 14th, uh, the Mackinac Arts Center at College of DuPage in Glen Ellen is a beautiful venue, perfectly suited for you. The only problem, though, Mandy, it's a little far from Carl's Hot Dogs that you and I probably both uh, went too many times back in the day. Well, as we all know, we're never too far from Carl's Hot Dogs. <laughs> close your eyes, get some greasy fries, and put yourself right back in that white paper in that greasy dog. My father, God rest his soul, he used to really upset me. We'd go to Carl's, you know, and that'd be a big treat. He'd take us over to Carl's. And then he would get the hot tamale. Remember those hot tamales? I do, yeah. I thought those were horrible. I said, Dad, Dad, why do you do this to yourself? He loved them. But my dad, I'll never forget, he was uh, dying of pancreatic cancer. I was 18, and he was really suffering. He couldn't eat anything for days, and he leans over the bed to me, and he says, would you do me a favor? I said, yeah. He said, would you go to White Castle and get me six White Castle? I said, are you serious? You just want to smell them? No, 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 I want them. Would you go get them? And I go over to 79th Street. I think it was on 79th, and I go to White Castle. I pick up those 12-cent hamburgers, and I bring them back. My dad, he couldn't keep anything down for weeks. He ate all six of those White Castle hamburgers, (laughs) and he never had a problem. (laughs) White Castle's the medical miracle. as The medical miracle. Those of you out there suffering from anything in the world, get a 12-cent White Castle. Cures whatever's ailing you. That's right. And come back to the living. The great Manny Patinkin will uh, be back home, coming home to the Chicago area October 12th and 14th. Mackinich Arts Center out in Glen Ellen. By the way, we had an incredible conversation uh, just the other day with uh, six-time Tony Award winner Audra McDonald, who is going to be uh, doing an evening at the Lyric Opera, Civic Opera House, uh, downtown next Friday. Uh, We'll share that interview with you uh, coming up. During the week, we'll feature some clips on uh, Bob Surratt show this week and also on WGN-TV Morning News. In a minute, what's new for the 2024 season at the Marriott Lincolnshire? 10.50, Dean Richards, Sunday morning on WGN. Hap and OB coming up at 11 o'clock. In the meantime, though, we have uh, some time left in our theater segment to talk about uh, what's going to be coming up at one of the most popular venues in the the Chicagoland area uh, at the Marriott Lincolnshire in, uh, well, Marriott Theater in Lincolnshire. It's going to be The Music Man, one of the shows for their 2024 season. One of the greats in uh, American theater. Peter Blair is uh, on the line with us, the executive producer out at the Marriott. Peter, welcome to WGN. Good to have you with us. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Why, just hearing that song, I can't wait to see your actors and actresses <laughs> parading into the theater and performing some of these uh, good old classic songs. You've got quite a season coming up for next year. Yeah, we certainly think so. Yeah, Music Man is one of my all-time favorite shows. I was in it in high school, and ever since I've been hooked. So we were uh, excited to bring it back. Yeah, I, I love uh, you know seeing some of the classic shows and how they are reinterpreted by, uh, you know, directors and the actors and how they put new spins on uh, some of the classics. Let's start at the beginning, though, of the 2024 season and run through the, what you've got uh, coming up. What's, what's going to be first for the new season? We start off in January with In the Heights, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda's uh, first Broadway musical before a little show called Hamilton came along. <laughs> um, and then Music Man, like you mentioned, uh, then in the summer, we do Beehive, which is all 60s music. Um, then 1776, during during election season. Oh, boy. And then uh, we're going to finish up with the family holiday classic, White Christmas. Yeah, which is, uh, I think, something that you guys have done before for the holiday season, right? Irving Berlin's White Christmas? We did. We did. Probably, oh, gosh, 13 years ago or oh, something. Oh, really? But, um, no, there's certain shows that our audiences... 
don't get tired of, and they say bring it back, and that one is just such a feel-good classic. Of course. Um, yeah. I, I would have guessed maybe two or three years ago, you tell me, 13, so the years are flying by. Um, oh, I know. We have this. We sort of have a rule. You can't do it more than every ten years. But even ten years, I can. I can't remember the last time something I was that know. frequent. But I could, I you know, we've been it. around for forty-eight years, so yeah, <laughs> you're going to see the same things come around well, once in a while. No, I was going to say. You know, I I think it would. I I would love to have it every year myself, but I understand that you guys want to change it up a, a little bit. Uh, let's go through. Yeah. Let's go through some of the uh, the dates. Uh, for these shows, uh, because uh, In the Heights will kick off the 2024 season, and I think previews begin in January, is that right? Yep, January 24th for that one. Okay, and that'll uh, officially open on January 31st and run through St. Patrick's Day. So, uh, you know, that'll be a a perfect show to kind of warm things up when the weather is so cold outside. Hopefully, hopefully, a day like today, yeah. And yeah. the Music Man starts in April. April 10 runs through early June. Okay. Um, and then Be- Beehive runs all summer, June through August. And then, like I said, 1776 is going to close about two weeks before the presidential election. So we're hoping to have, you know, a, I think it'll be a fun sort of overlap. Um, and then White Christmas uh, starts October 30th. Maybe a teens early for Christmas, but... Um, that runs all the way through the end of the year. You know what? You know, for most stores, I'm surprised that most stores don't already have their Christmas decorations and <laughs> Christmas candy out on the, on the shelves already. <laughs> that's it's, things, day, it's days away. I'm sure things start earlier and earlier every year. Yeah. You know, that's that's the way it's going to run. And uh, I, I love that you have 1776 uh, just before the election. Because it's going while it, you know while it's a musical and it's you know mm-hmm. it, it also is a reminder of what the founding fathers had in mind and kind of on a serious note reminds us uh, the the principles upon which uh, America was uh, founded really right yeah I I think so I think it's I think it's just real fun to compare like you said the how things used to work to how they're working right now especially in in the, the weeks running up to a, to a presidential election. And yeah. it's just one of the smartest, funniest books of a musical that's ever been written. Yeah, um, I, I love it. How many years did you say that uh, Marriott's been up and running now? 40-something? We, we opened in 1975. Wow. So, uh, yeah, 2025 will be our 50th, uh, 50th anniversary season. That's amazing. And still going is, strong. Yeah. People just love coming to your theater. I've always said it's one of my favorite places to go because of the proximity to the stage, the proximity to the actors, because almost all of your directors, uh, you know, have people running up and down the aisles and the audience <laughs> feels like they're part of the show. You, you, you really get immersed into what's going on on stage. Yeah, it's, I think it's the most unique thing about our theater, and it's why I love it so much, why I've been there so long. Um, and like you said, the directors, choreographers, they don't get many chances to work in the round, so it's exciting for them. It's exciting for the audience to be, you know, no more than eight rows from, from the action. That's, you know, that's the distance across a normal orchestra pit for a huge theater. So right. um, you really you experience these shows in a, in a intimate way that, that you can't anywhere else. Yeah, uh, there are shows also, by the way, uh, the Marriott's Theater for Young Audiences, which will include James and the Giant Peach, and Don't Let the Pigeon Drive the Bus, and Rogers and Hammerstein's Cinderella. You can get all the information at uh, MarriottTheater.com. Uh, MarriottTheater.com. You get info on the kids' shows. You can get info on their current hit, which which is running right now, Gypsy, and uh, tickets for the 2024 season, uh, which are uh, available for purchase as well. Marriott Theater. Dot com. We really appreciate you joining us. We look forward to seeing you out there for the uh, next season, Peter. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thanks, Dean. Peter Blair, the executive producer at the Marriott Theater in Lincolnshire. I'm-